Welcome to the Random Tea Sleepy Hollow Podcast. I'm Queenie. I'm Janya. And today we're going to be talking about the um, season one, episode three, for the triumph of evil. Yay! And uh, it was directed by John F. Showalter, and it was written by Jose Molina and Philip Iskov. Overall, what'd you think? It was an okay episode. Okay. It was probably not one of my more favorites, but it's... Like, the third episode. We're just really getting started. Yeah, it, it, it like you've said before, it was a monster of the week. Um, yeah. It yeah. wasn't, like, real heavy on on the mythology. No, it did. It wasn't, uh, like, a filler episode either, though. It it had it did progress the story. It did. It did. It, what, there wasn't a ton of it, but we, we got some cool stuff with Jenny. And, um, there was a lot of establishing yeah. characters and backgrounds and uh, relationships and whatnot so yeah so for me it was more um it was it was better for the you know the little bits that did you know um forward the story on versus the actual demon that we fought this week yeah so um i was i was okay it was okay um it was more problematic once you started explaining some of the uh the oh yeah well, but, but we'll get to that we'll get to that. <laughs> so uh just, it's bad just to get uh right into the recap um Frank is calling Abby in again, and, um, yeah, you wanted to add? Go ahead. No, right. go ahead. I, I, I was <laughs> ready to jump in too soon. Okay. Um, and Abby is, uh, I noticed she's still in plain clothes, which I thought was interesting, because yeah. we, haven't, we haven't seen her in uniform since Sheriff Corbin's funeral. No. And I, I'm the kind that wants explanations for stuff like that, so I kind of thought that could have been a really quick scene to explain that. Yeah, it was a, it was a detail as... And her being in a sheriff's uniform, that's, I don't want to say it's a big deal, but it kind of is. Well, I mean, because she was. She was in full uniform with Corbin, who was her partner. Right. Um, so it was very clear that they were both uniform cops, even though he was the sheriff. I'm not sure how that works for county police departments. Yeah, I don't even play one on TV, so no idea. But I, I kind of just... ask Shannon. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I kind of just wanted something from, from Frank to kind of explain it. You know, but we, we haven't gotten that. There's not a whole lot of explanation where Frank comes in Mm-mm. at all in this show. And we, we can get to that at other points when he's in the show. And, you know, I can't say that I really noticed it until we go back and we did our rewatch. And we started watching it from the beginning. And it was like, oh, Abby never wears a uniform. This is kind of weird. Yeah, it's there's a, there's several things in this show that you don't you have to watch it a couple of times to pick it up, which is both good and bad. Yeah. Because you miss it, and it doesn't mean you you lose sight of some some things. And we go back and rewatch, like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. Yeah, because there are a lot of people that don't watch it multiple times. No, so yeah, that that's good and it's bad. We get new stuff on the rewatches, but there are some things in that her you didn't boots. Pick up. <laughs> in her boots. Her boots. I'm not as upset about the boots as I am about that stupid headstone, but they're great boots. You just don't. They're think these it's neat that little would... lace up, but they. She's got like these three or four inch heels on them. I I honestly think that's more because Nicole is really really short. She is. I meant to look up how tall she she's was. She's five one. And she is five one. She's five one, and Tom is six one. So they they're they've got a foot between them. Then he must be wearing heels too, because there's still a foot between them on the toe. Well, he's got his he's got his colonial boot things on. That's so true. They could, that must they be could, why she's yeah. That could very well have a heel on it. Okay. We'll have to pay attention to him. But they're cool boots. They are cool boots. They're just not investigating boots. Her feet have got to hurt at the end of the day. <laughs> Probably. Because I don't even work on my feet when I wear shoes to work. You well, feel shoes. it when I wear shoes to work. When I wear heels to work. <laughs> I don't know what that was. My feet hurt at the end of the day, and I don't. I sit at a desk. Yeah. So I don't know. So we've, we've now spent a lot of time talking about Abby's wardrobe. But anyway, I just... Costume was, choice is important. It is, and it was something I noticed. Which, so. on the flip side, Ichabod is still wearing... He is. He's still he's his, still wearing... His uh, American Civil War... Not Civil War. American War era revolutionary. revolutionary. Thank you. There you go. I forgot which... Too much Assassin's Creed. Um, <laughs> to, you know, he's still wearing his revolutionary era clothes and a lot yeah uh, at least they did they're show clean. him they did show him washing them so that's yeah that was very important to they're, me they're clean so. so i mean if we're going to talk about her costume choice we really we have to be fair that's very true and i'm so. digging ichabod's outfit i do love it i think it's great the lack of buttons the yeah. detail is incredible it, there it, it's really nice everything is tied in the little flap in the front it's good stuff it is good stuff so now that we've talked about everybody's yes. wardrobe, yes, of course, uh, we, um, you know, Frank has called Abby in, and she comes to the station, and we see um, 
Crane is interrogating a suspect. Okay, this is where I wanted to jump in at. Okay. Last episode, it it started out with very dreamlike feeling. Mm-hmm. Did this one feel as dreamy to you? As dreamy? Dreamy. As dreamlike to you as the last episode? It did when I saw Ichabod interrogating a suspect. When that it got, is, yeah, at first it was like, eh, oh, what? Yeah, because that didn't seem like something Frank would would, would be into. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is the second episode in a row where they've started off with a dreamlike yes. sequence. Because so. at that point, we find out this, that the suspect is um, young Abby. Okay. And um, yes, Ichabod, uh, according to Frank, that he helped catch little Abby. And when Ichabod turns around, we see that he has really creepy white eyes. White eyes are never a good sign. I did a little research on some white eyes to see if I could find something. Uh, there's really not anything out there as far as the mythology. Uh, there's a almost like an old wives tale of some miners that were trapped in the mountains a hundred years ago um, that nobody ever came looking for them and so they dug themselves out and when they did they all had these white eyes and they went around killing a bunch of people but that's because of the darkness or like I guess they didn't really explain it but it was just part of the myth it was very much a campfire story sounding kind of thing Uh, like Hookman or something um (laughs) But I really couldn't find a whole lot. I, I tried. It looks really cool. It did look cool. So that's that's uh, probably, that's uh, probably what they were going I'll for. have more on it later. Okay. When we get more into it. Okay. So um, he has these really weird eyes, and we find out that she's locked in the room, and she sees this demon. And there's did you catch the panic in her voice when she realizes she's locked in the room? Yeah. There's a little catch, and you hear it. Yeah. Which I think is a great characterization. I do, too. Nicole, Nicole is awesome, and I found out, actually, as a side note, that um, she she went to Juilliard, which, you know, that's not that's not easy to get into. No, it's not. Um, or out of. And I think she, she won this prestigious award, um, and she, she was just very uh, heavily lauded by all her teachers. Um, so, I mean, like, girl's got some serious acting chops. She does. So, um, uh, that kind of really excited me, because they can do a lot with her. She's not just this wooden... Uh, actress who can't really do anything other than kind of walk around and look cool. No, and it's those little details that helps her feel you can connect to her. Yeah, a little more. Yeah, I I really like Nicole and I really like her portrayal of Abby. Me too. But yeah, so she she is quickly very panicked, um, and she sees this demon and he has no eyes and no mouth. They call him faceless, but he's clearly got a face. He has nose. Yeah, so you know, to each their own with the faceless yeah. thing. Um, and she, she sees him up close and then she wakes up. So that's where we get the official, this is a dream dun, dun, dun. confirmation. Right. Um, so she really gets a call from work, uh, and that's what wakes her up. And she reports to the scene with Ichabod, who we're presuming is still at the hotel. Yes. Uh, so she must've picked him up. It's, it's, uh, presumably in the middle of the night cause Abby was asleep. So. Yes. And it's dark outside. Right. And so it turns out that this, uh, this doctor is threatening to jump, but she wants to talk to Abby first. And what was her name? Dr. Vega. Dr. Vega, that's right. And um, Abby says she doesn't know her, but she knows Jenny. This Dr. Vega knows Jenny, her sister. Right. Uh, so right there, that's your first. That should be your first sign that something's about to go down. Right. When well, I was when I saw that, heard that part, I was oh, we get to learn a little bit more about Jenny. Yeah, I re- I really like these Ooh, little yay. these little snippets we've gotten of Jenny. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's a really interesting character, and I cannot wait to see more of her. Well, we learned a lot about her in a very short period of time without a lot of heavy flashbacks, and we learned about her history. Yeah, without a lot of exposition, nobody sat there for like five minutes and told us everything about Jenny. We've we've right we've gotten a lot of like you said a lot, but it hasn't been what I would consider just a monologue about Jenny. Right. So I, I appreciate that. We know what monologuing is bad. Monologuing so. is bad. So bad. So um, so she goes up to see Vega, who is stand, standing on a ledge, and uh, Vega says she should have believed Jenny, um, and she has the same white eyes that, yes. um, that Abby saw on Ichabod in the Dream. Creepy. And then she jumps. And on, she deserves it. Uh, yeah, we all deserve she, it. Yeah. And so it was very cryptic. Um, she lands on a car. Ichabod and Frank immediately want to see the body. Um, they show they show that she's been pulled onto a stretcher. And, and it's daylight. And it's, da- and it's daylight, so the sun has risen at some point. Um, and the paramedic says that the eyes look like she has cataracts. 
Um, and that theory is kind of blown all to hell a second later when the eyes burst into it's sand so and all we see is empty sockets. Which compared to the other effects in the show, that one was actually pretty cool. Yeah, I really liked that. I jumped the first time I saw it. Oh! Yeah, it was it was kind of startling. It was cool. So I, I like that effect too. I thought it was good. So I also want to point out when uh, Abby came down from upstairs that's when it swapped to daylight real fast like yeah. the woman lands on the car it's dark and then abby comes downstairs and it's daylight and apparently that causes time warp, the sun to rise i guess so uh <laughs> ichabod's first concern is for abby mm-hmm. how is she how are you and irving's first concern is what's going on right <laughs> Irving is, he just he wants does to not, know what's going on he he does not know it's it's bless it's, him whatever anyway i I just thought it was important that crane's first concern is is abby yeah i really i like that um so we you know frank doesn't want anyone near the body without his approval and he does not call the cdc he does not and i and i thought that because that that's kind of where i thought it was going the first time i saw this that he maybe thought it was some kind of infection but i think it was just that he it was really weird and he doesn't want a lot of people seeing it and i understand that because we have no explanation for it. people are stupid yeah and go crazy that's true so but Frank is keeping a level head, so that's always good on you, Frank. Um, it's so, what he does. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, so we find out that Dr. Vega is a psychiatrist at Terrytown Psychiatric, where Jenny has been several, several times. And is currently. And is currently. And um, it's also in Abby's dream. Yes. So, you know, this is not, this is a place that I think holds a lot of, um, symbolism for abby just because it's where jenny's been and jenny's always been and where abby has not right and jenny's been seen as the crazy one right out of the two of them so um ichabod thinks that the dream abby had is prophetic which of course he does well sure and it that it points to well yeah and that it points to her being a witness and she's is this the capital w witness witness with the capital capital w she's still not convinced that that she's totally on board with that um, which, you know, you got to give it to her. Ichabod at least had the experience of waking up, what, like 200 years? Two, two centuries later? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. give him a little more credit for being, for believing take some it. of yeah. this stuff. Yeah. Abby doesn't have that luxury. No, no, no. But what would it take to convince you that headless. you were a capital W witness? Headless. Seeing, See, seeing, seeing headless. The, seeing the headless that, that would be enough just right there. Well, and they've seen Andy too. No, they haven't seen Andy. They, did they actually lay eyes on Andy? I don't think they did. I don't think they we did. We saw Andy, but yeah, I don't think saw, they saw Andy. Yeah, that would have convinced me real I quick, I think they too. still think he's dead. Okay. Which, where is his body? Have they not missed Apparently his body? Apparently it's missing and nobody knows about it. That's, that's a maybe, weird maybe the Maybe the people in the ME are just like, we don't want to tell anybody we lost a dead body. They're like, we'll just say it's buried. It's fine. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> They're really lazy. There's a witch in the graveyard. You'll buy anything, right? That's true not gonna let it go no you're not totally not bitter about uh, that at all you should write I, the show and be done with it <laughs> i should because i know way too much um no i think i i would just okay cool i'm all over that i'll, I'll be a witness yeah. can i get a witness i i'll be right there because yeah. i would be all over this kind of stuff i know you would be you would have like 20 minutes in you would have like strapped like vampire <laughs> steaks to you and you would have had some salt some silver bullets silver bullets these knives i mean you you'd look like the rambo of hunting let, let me grab my small library of, of superstitious books yeah and yeah superstitious books i don't know what that is uh, yeah i'd be all over that you'd be so. all up i would i'd be all up in it give it to me <laughs> so um they they have some super fun police work time to find this faceless thing um, and Ichabod has a tape of little Jenny being questioned. Yeah, and you see there's stacks of tapes. Uh, yeah. Would you notice Abby's not paying any attention to the video? She's no. like, she doesn't want, it's like she's still blocking it out. Yeah. And, uh, and then there's Ichabod who hits the remote, and it's another Ichabod versus the modern world scene, and I love those. I know, those are so great. But, I relate to them. But at first I was like, how convenient that they have this tape of baby Jenny. Oh, Sure. But then, you know, I think you reminded me earlier that, you know, this is the police archives and that was yes. a police investigation. Well, earlier, I think Irving said that he would provide uh, Abby with all of Vega's, Vega's files. Okay. Okay. I think he did state that. Okay. So that, that explains. Like he was assigning it to them. To work If on. I remember correctly. Okay. So it turns out that Vega actually believed Jenny's story of seeing a demon 
after they had several sessions together. And Abby thinks that the doctor jumped because she felt guilty. Yes. And so, of course, Ichabod wants to talk about Jenny. And Abby doesn't want Abby to talk about no. her. And somewhere in this conversation, we get an, an Ichabod word, an icky word. Yes. Um, syllogism. 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 I cannot speak to save my life. And he's so much fun because he, he uses all these big, huge words. So I had to go look it up, and I still don't understand it. Okay, so, but you have, a, you have like, a definition. I have. Of, the definition right. is an instance of a form of reasoning in which a conclusion is drawn, whether valid or not, from two given or assumed prepositions, premises, each of which shares a term with a conclusion and shares a common or middle term not present in the conclusion. For example, all dogs are animals. All animals have four legs. Therefore, all dogs have four legs. I still don't know that I could use that in a sentence ever in my life. Okay. Or would ever have the occasion to. Right. But I don't that's think what, I could either. But that's what he said. Okay. But I kind of I like it that Ichabod busts up with these words occasionally because, number one, he is from a different time. Number two, he was a professor. Yes. And number three... At Oxford. He has an eidetic memory, so he dude's a walking thesaurus. That's true. So I'm, I kind of like... I like that, the consistency in his character of that. Yeah, I do too. He does, and he, and and another thing that I really like that he doesn't, um, he doesn't try to dumb down the way he speaks for Abby, like assuming she do, she's not as intelligent as him. No, he doesn't. Or or, or Frank or or, or anybody. Yeah. No, he just goes on with it. So I I really like that about him. Yeah. Um. So of course he wants to talk about what happened, and so Abby's like, no, but let's, you know, she agrees to a field trip. And they're going to go see Jenny at Terrytown. Yes, and her uh, Abby's attitude, I really, I was offended, almost. Yeah. Well, okay, actually, I was offended about uh, her attitude about her sister. Um, especially, of course, we've seen all the flashbacks at this point. Not all the flashbacks, but up to this point, you've seen them. And yeah. it's like, how could you treat your sister like that? But it happens. Well, you know, they, they've been through some shit, and they both coped with it a different way. They did t- two completely different ways. Yeah. Like, huge extremes of each other. So, we find out that Jenny's in Terrytown right now because she was locked up after stealing sporting goods to prepare for the end of days. Dun, dun, dun. So, I think when you see Abby describing it, you, you see her face kind of, her eyes kind of roll a little, like, end of days. But then also, I kind of thought, like, she's... Okay, that's a thing now. That's an actual thing that we've been talking about. So you get a glimmer of maybe Jenny's not as crazy, crazy. as, you know, we've all been led to believe. Right. So it turns out they haven't seen each other in five years. And um, the nurse didn't even know she had a sister. No. Nope. And Jenny doesn't want to talk to her. Not at all. And so Ichabod decides he's going to try it, which, of course, apparently Jenny's like, whatever, come on in. And Jenny's in room number 49. Jenny's in room number 49. Which, if you recall, was it last episode that Corbin told her, don't be afraid of number 49? Yes. So we see Jenny is in room... Well, we saw that at the end of the last episode, too, right. that she was in right. number... So I tried to find something important about the number 49. Right. There's nothing, really. Okay. Uh, so we're, we're batting a thousand with zero references. Right. Um, I Good found, job, writers. I know. Yeah, awesome. Uh <laughs> I was really looking forward to some research, and I haven't really found anything. There's some random things. Uh, it's the square root. Uh, uh, seven times seven is 49. Okay. Seven uh, square root there. Um, the Virgin Mary was 49 years old during the ascension of his son Jesus. Um, the names of the 12 tribes of Israel contain 49 letters. There's some really seriously reaching stuff here, but yeah, I couldn't find anything not even relevant to like the end of days with it, so... I looked. I tried. Nothing there. I'm my was vote. Hoping. My vote for what they did with that is the square of seven. Yeah, that sounds like if it's anything, that sounds. I would like accept is, it. Yeah, I would I'll accept, accept that. that. Um. So, <laughs> what I love about Jenny is she she doesn't pull any punches. She does not. And she immediately is like, "What are you, Abby's new boyfriend?" And Ichabod, I love his Shut answer. Her. Damn. He's like, we are amicable and I am male, but judging by the context, I don't think that's what you meant. No, he just immediately, the sass. It was great. Toe for toe. And she calls him icky. He doesn't like that. No. 
I veto that though because Icky, it's really cute, and I will continue to occasionally call Icky. you that, and you can just get over it. Yes. But um, he tells Jenny fl- straight out that he's seen the demon, and Jenny is clearly super angry with Abby still, and I don't blame her. No. Um, but he tells Jenny about Vega and what happened, and he kind of just lays everything out to her, and he and the tell- horseman and the horseman, and he tells her that. He does not think she's crazy and that Abby doesn't either, which... What was it? He said Minta and Sana or something. I can't remember yeah. the phrase he uses. Like it's men- like Latin for yeah. mentally insane. Yeah. So I thought that was another one I picked up. Yeah, and he, he just... Which I think it was kind of reaching to say that Abby doesn't think you're insane either because I don't know that Abby really... I mean... Abby knows she's the truth, a, but... She's just been in denial for so long. Mm-hmm. She's almost like Stockholm syndrome to herself. Yeah, I think and and it's really interesting, but you know, of course, what is he going to say? Well, Abby's still on the fence about you. <laughs> so, um, but she basically just tells him just go talk to Abby and find out what happened. Well, and from what we've understood is she's she's been preparing for the end of day. She broke into the the sports place and she bought bought. She broke into <laughs> it and stole $4,000 worth of equipment. Um, but it's almost like she's giving up before they started. She's yeah. like, she tells him, if what you're telling me is true, I can't help you. It's all over but the crying. It's like she's already given up. And I'm like, seriously? Yeah, and that, that doesn't that seem seemed super a little, in character with Jenny. Yeah, it did seem off. Yeah. But luckily, we don't ever see that from her again. So. Right. Um, so, of course, you know, he, he tries to talk to Abby, and she doesn't want to. But he pushes. Not Not like... I think in a rude way, but it just in a very like matter of fact, like, listen, we just need to talk about this. This is important. You know, this is relevant to our people to are, our duties yeah. as witnesses. People are dying. Yeah. So she tells him something that she's never told anybody. Um, and she admits that she lied about what they saw when they were found when they were little girls um, in the woods. It's like the beginning of the crack in Abby's armor right here. Yeah, where she finally admits out loud that she saw it too, but she was lying about it. Right. And um, it turns out that Abby stayed in the foster home that they were in, and Jenny was moved. Um, like seven times or something? Yeah, and A she, lot. she tried to get Jenny to lie, and Jenny wouldn't do it. And um, she also tells Ichabod that the rancher that found them um, after they had gone missing, he saw the demon too. But he never admitted to seeing it either. No, uh, Mr. Gillespie. Yes. And I think think little Abby probably took a cue from him. This is this grown-up, and he is, you know, he's not saying anything about about this crazy thing they saw. Because, you know, they weren't babies. They know that what they saw was was just not normal. It, It was nuts. Right. So, you know, she took a cue from him, and she tried to get Jenny to follow. And... I feel really bad for Jenny because, you know, when you're kids, you're taught, always tell always the truth. Tell, especially when you're talking to a police officer. Right, and it'll always work out because, you know, the truth is, is what's important and good people, you know, good people tell the truth and, you know, all that crap you're told when you're a kid and that's all she's done her entire life is tell the truth and look where it's gotten her. And look where Abby's gotten. And yeah. she's been lying this whole time. Yeah, and so, and also, you know, we see Abby as this really good, virtuous person. Um, we haven't seen a ton of her yet. We're only in the third episode. But, you know, I, I really like Abby and I think she is a good person. So it, it kind of also highlights what, you know, some what lengths some people will go to to survive. Well, she was trying to protect herself. And I think in the beginning she was trying to protect Jenny because she told Jenny, don't say anything, don't say anything. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And she just she tried. And she did. And so I, I just think it's a shitty situation because even if Abby would have uh, told the truth, too, they still she would have been locked up just right along yeah. with Jenny. Yeah. Right along aside beside her. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I just it's, think it's it's hard to say which one of them was right. Yeah, it's doing just, the right it thing. It was just a weird bad situation. Yeah. Um so they they decide to go talk to this rancher who is Gillespie. Um and they you know, they decide to go visit him and we flash to the rancher in question, um, and he starts to take a nap. And creepy shit don't, starts don't, to don't, happen. Don't fall asleep in creepy shows. I know. Don't do it. Just don't do it. And it's not even in the first five minutes. <laughs> but um, so he gets he gets his gun. 
The conveniently located gun right in the toolbox? Right. Yes. Which is where, you know, every gun safety person keeps their gun. That's not where I keep my gun, but okay. <laughs> uh, and he cuts his leg. He walks by a, a cabinet. That, he looks like he's doing some kind of carpentry work, and there's a nail sticking out, and he, he brushes up against it with his leg, and the nail gashes, like, painfully. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought he was just going to start splurting blood. Um, but he takes this rag... And he blots at the blood, which it should be bleeding far worse than they show. But then they, he sets the rag down, and uh, they do a close-up on the rag, and there's all this, there's this blood on it. And the first time I watched, the first two times, three times, uh, several times I watched this, I think both of us were looking, what is the purpose of this shot? And I never picked it up until, until you sent me that screenshot, and I've seen it at least three times. I finally realized after watching it at least three or four times that it's the symbol of this uh whatever this demon is okay that they're after but you don't realize it because they don't tell you that that's what it is until later so unless you rewatch it you're not going to catch that yeah that's another I, one of those things that you're not going to catch unless you watch it again and i think through the context you know of the music and the way it's staged you know stuff's going down right that's why i kept wanting to figure out what this bloody rag meant it meant yeah. something because they My took God. they took the time and effort to show it. Yeah. But it had to mean something. So I purposely went back to rewatch it and I finally paused it and looked at it and it's the like the little eye thing at the top. And mm-hmm. it almost looks like an eye raw looking thing and then it comes down with these other funkies. They totally made it up. But um we'll put we'll post a picture of it in the show notes. We will. Um because I was like because you were describing it to me and thank God you know I'm a visual person. You, you just, <laughs> just, you just here's a picture a, here. You just took a picture. Um so you know, all this stuff starts to happen, and he gets his gun, and we see a short flash of the of this demon. Going so, to the background, yeah. So we know it's the same one that um, that was in Abby's dream. So I think that's our... I think we knew it was connected. I mean, you kind of... And you want to talk about tall? Connect the dots. Yeah, that this guy is huge. He's like seven feet tall. Yeah. I don't know if he actually is, but he's seven feet tall. And even if he's not, they did good staging. They, they made did. Him, they, they made, made him, him look, look very imposing. And skinny. Mm-hmm. And, and solid white, except for the black creepy eyes. And the loincloth. Oh, and his loincloth. Yeah. So, um, which isn't stereotypical at all. No, not at all. We'll get to that later, yeah. though. Um, so, uh, we see we move on to Frank, and he is at the station, and he's completely uh, unamused by the headless... So unamused. ...horse-crossing sign that was put in his office. And we see that um, Abby's ex who is, remind me his name, Morales. Luke Morales, Morales. yes. Um, he fesses up, and even though he admits to doing it, he's still an ass about it. Yeah, but Irving, I don't want to say he approves, but he's a good one. So you kind of see Irving kind of, I don't want to say breaking the ice a but little. Like, bending yeah, a little okay, bit. Yeah, the tough exterior. But um, I don't I, really I just, buy it, though. No, I and really I, don't, I don't like Luke at all. No. And I don't think we're meant to. I hope um, not, because we I, don't. But I started to try to think about how him and Abby together would work, and it just doesn't drive no. in my head. No, uh-uh. So I just don't see them together at all, because no. he seems like such an ass. And Irving says to him, assume I know everything. Because he asked me how he knew that mm-hmm. him and him and Abby dated, and he says, assume I know everything. And I'm just like, no, no, Irving, you are Jon Snow. You know nothing. You know nothing. <laughs> Which just, is really true. It just, I couldn't, when he says that, I was just thinking it. You know nothing. You're just Absolutely going, nothing. Go back to the soda machine, get you some more seven up, it'll be okay. <laughs> I can't unsee that. <laughs> I can't unsee the seven up commercial. Once I made the connection. Yeah, that, that he was the, the first seven up guy. And uh, Office Space. Yeah. He's the guy from Office Space selling the, the magazines. He is. And I, I, just... I kind of I now want to see Irving just with a casual can of seven up. I know, right? Just, just like a little nod. That to would it. be cool. I would like that. But, um, so. So they get called out to the ranch um, after Frank's had this little chat with Luke. And it turns out that Gillespie has a gun and he wants to talk to Abby, which apparently is the, is the uh, you know, the thing to do if you're... Apparently so. Threatening to kill yourself and others. Yeah. So... Um, it's, it's a fad. So Abby shows up with Ichabod um, at the same time as the captain and he's like, he just looks at him like, the fuck? I know. Like, why are like, you people here already? And Ichabod already knows the guy's name. And Irving's, he looks like for a second he's going to hold back that information. And it comes out over the radio and Irving's face just, 
drops. It was it was a priceless scene in my yeah. opinion. So he's just like she's God, wearing those damn boots again. You two are here. So what are you doing here? Well, we're dovetailing apparently. Yeah, our investigation led us here too, which was a big word for Abby. Yeah, dovetailing. <laughs> Pointing that out. Um, she's been hanging around Ichabod. She has. Yeah, it it, it looks good on her. There you go. So Abby goes in alone, and um, she finds a cracked mirror, which we've seen a lot in regards the to the show. Yeah, in regards, anytime there's demon shenanigans, there seems to be a cracked mirror somewhere. Well, demon or demons, uh, mirrors tend to be portals. Mm-hmm. So cracking it does maybe it's showing the trying to close the portal or something. Or I to don't break know. Through they or, don't, yeah, maybe this whole thing is stuff is trying to come through into our world. Right. So it could it could be it's that. the only connection I can come up with. Plus, you look at a mirror and you crack it all of a sudden and you're going to get a cheap jump out of your audience. Yeah, that's cool. Because every single time it happens, you're yeah. like, oh, they're going to crack that mirror. They're going to crack. Oh, my God, they cracked the mirror. <laughs> you made me jump. <laughs> <laughs> then my job is done. Cool. So um, she goes in and she sees this mirror and, um, and he is... Uh, Gillespie is in the kitchen with his wife and he's got the white eyes. And they're sitting in the middle of the floor. Yeah, they're sitting in the middle of the floor, and um, we see the demon flash behind Abby, and he fires that Gillespie fires at it, and um, the police outside just go apeshit, which you yeah, know she shots fired. So yeah, that's, that's that doesn't surprise me. That's a normal police reaction. You got to give him that one. And Abby, which I thought this was really brave of her, she calls off the reinforcements, but she didn't see the demon behind her and she didn't see that that's what he was shooting at no she didn't so i thought she kept a really cool head despite not seeing everything the audience was seeing well and the team outside reacted accordingly yeah they yeah. Were like, they heard from her they heard she's okay it's okay and yeah you know, it's, it wasn't, it's all good and they immediately backed down yeah it would have been really weird if they were just like i'm sure it's fine yeah you know so that, uh, that was good but then ichabod still comes running around because there's no stopping him. No. Abby's in trouble. He's going to go get her. That's right. Uh, and Irving's yelling at him, and still he... He follows no procedure none, but his own. None. Um, which, you know, that makes sense. He's not a trained police officer. No, and he's not under Irving's command, right. really. And he wants his Abby. Yes. Because generally, if he's in a scene and Abby's not there, he's usually shouting for Abby at yes, some point. Yes, that's true. So, it just makes he's sense. He's lost without her. Well, he is in the wrong century. This so, is very true. And she is his one connection to this world, so. That's right. And he fully believes the capital W witness thing going on here. He does. So, it's very in character, I think, is what we're trying to say here. At this point, he's okay. believing enough for both of them. <laughs> Isn't he, though? He is. I'm believing enough for all of us. <laughs> So, um, Gillespie tells Abby that the Sandman is coming for her the next time she falls asleep, and then he kills himself. Boom. So, we have another suicide. Yay. And, um... So, it's two. This is the first time we've heard them call this guy the Sandman. And yeah, because Gillespie calls him the Sandman. Yeah, so this is another chance for your research to basically get shut down, right? Yeah, there's nothing. Um, I did lots of research trying to find some kind of connection. Some kind of malevolent Sandman. Malevolent, a bad guy. Yeah. Sandman. And uh, everything about the actual Sandman in pretty much any culture is he's a decently good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, uh, the only other reference is Morpheus. He's the Greek god of dreams. But he's not necessarily a bad guy either. He just has a semblance of a winged demon. Um, it's from the medieval period. He's just uh, stand generally for the god of dreams and of sleep. Uh, there's there's no nightmare mention or anything. Yeah, he doesn't in seem any like a that. sinister kind no. of character from anything I remember from Morpheus from mythology. No, so I, I really couldn't find any sort of malevolent bad guy uh, in any reference. The Sandman's pretty much a good guy, ever, except in Sleepy Hollow, apparently. Well, you know, they have to be different. So, yeah, another... Uh, Another another original Yeah, mythology. original mythology, which is not bad. It's not bad. I think it's just hard because then you don't have... what Where you don't have rules that you might break, you also don't have, like, a belief or, or the set of rules that everybody kind of knows. Right. At least knows a little bit about. Right. So you don't have that to anchor you. So it could go either way. Right. Right. You, I think you have to be... It's almost like world building... You have to be really careful and I with wonder how if, you do it. And I wonder if Gillespie just refers to him as the Sandman. I mean, there's the sand in his eyes. The the Sandman dude mm-hmm. literally has the sand in his eye, And it is a 
that is the story of the Sandman as he sprinkles sand in the eyes of children to help them sleep, which, as Ichabod points out, sounds monstrous. But it really does. Once he said that, I was like, you know. I was like, yeah, that's really creepy. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, where do we come up with these things in our lives? I don't know. Um, <laughs> our society's so, weird. Uh, yeah, there's there's more talk about the creature later, though. So okay. We'll get there. So, um, you know, we go outside and Abby is, of course, visibly upset and she's off by is herself. This, is it still daytime? No, I think it's night by did now. It go to, I think it went night again. Yeah, it did go night because she was standing off by her, so it was daytime. and oh. Which I thought was interesting because um, he said the next time she sleeps. And so keep in mind that we're, we're night again. Um, well, although admittedly we are in the, the New England area mm-hmm. and they are wearing jackets, so I'm assuming it's it's fall. I think we did place the timeline as in a fallish. Yeah, and night based falls, on the blood moon. Night night does yeah, that's right. Night does fall quickly. That's true. That time of year. That's true. So I could but, and it and it does look kind of like sunsetty when Gillespie's going to take his nap. It looks kind of yeah, dreamy. It and does sunset-y. look a little So uh, I, I can buy that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Ichabod wants to know why she's off by herself, and she she tells him what the rancher told her about the Sandman and, and coming for her. Right. Um, and th- they kind of connect the dots with her dream, and they head to the archives to do some research. Dun, dun, dun. And the archives are now all clean and spiffy. Well, you know, Ichabod gets bored. This is true, because, you know, when he's not with Abby... He slept for 250 years. This is true, so... He's had enough. Yeah, and he doesn't have a job. So no. least he can do is clean up the archives. I know, right? I'm, I'm okay with that. And um, he he brings them energy drinks that the, uh, was it the receptionist gave him? Wendy. Wendy, the receptionist. No, what did he or call the her? The dispatch? Was she the dispatcher? No, she, uh, Abby calls her the receptionist, but he calls her the search, not the surcharge. I, I can't remember. He uses some off-the-wall And she's like, yes, yeah, so the receptionist. Uh, Wendy. Wendy. Uh, but he originally went for coffee, mm-hmm. which is the beginning of uh, Ichabod's coffee habit mm-hmm. that we do tend to see. Um, I personally think it's just because that there are donut holes with coffee. That's true. And he really likes the That's donut true. Holes. I went looking for donut holes the other day. I couldn't find us any. I was very sad. Aw. It, it was bad. Um, so, yeah, but the the energy drink which are terrible terrible they look like really bad knockoff red bull cans yeah did you did. notice that they, they was were, awful they were, they were poorly disguised because you know i'm sure they don't want to like pay for the privilege of yeah using no them. no product placement here no no seven no. up can't darn it and um i think ichabod feels about the same way as you do about them he does not enjoy them oh they're disgusting um he ta- all one swig is all it takes and he doesn't like them yeah, the, he was great the coughing and the well because she shows him how to open the can and they they're continuing the him learning about the modern era. Er- yeah. Era? Era, era. And I like that, I like they, they don't just, all of a sudden he knows all this stuff and it's oh, not know, really right? explained, nor is it that he is completely befuddled by everything that's modern. No. They and show she, him adapting. And she doesn't treat him like a child. No. About it either. And all, the, all, the, all that whole scene all it was was she was holding the can and she looks at him and she looks down and she pulls the tab and he does that he mimics her and it was that simple it was that they didn't say anything yeah it was like see, it was I that, can do that simple it was know. that easy yeah and i think that's just it's good directing mm-hmm. it's good in the writing it's good from the uh, actors because yeah. if that wasn't scripted then then good on nicole and tom for coming up with that reminds me of martin freeman yeah <laughs> I can do that. With I can a do look. that with a look. Martin yeah, Freeman. There yeah. you go. So, um, so Abby's found some stuff in the archives. There's some vengeful dream spirits. She finds the symbol. She finds the symbol that we that we saw in the rag fleetingly. And that you would I never have known the connection. the connection. Yeah, yeah. I didn't make it until you pointed it out after like four rewatches. Well, I didn't see it. I was determined to find the meaning behind that <laughs> stupid rag. Because, because you know, we talked about it earlier when you were trying to figure out what it was. That you were like, they don't just show stuff for no reason. They wouldn't have shown him cut his leg if it wasn't for a reason. No, it was, it was very on purpose. Yeah. So. Intentional. But, That's the word. Intentional. <laughs> so, um, Abby, she's found some stuff, but she also found an 18th century Mohawk story. And she um, asks Ichabod about it. And because, um, you know, that's his time frame. Right. And um, he not knows really. of it. No, it's not really his time frame. No, go ahead. OK, I'll get there. <laughs> um, he knows of it and he knows, uh, you know, and what it looks like. 
Um, so supposedly it was this myth that he learned from the Native Americans that fought with the colonists. No, specifically the Mohawks. Specifically the Mohawks did not. Wrong. And it, this is where it begins because the Mohawks did not fight with the American. Right. Uh, they were actually on the British side. No, the uh, the Iroquois were on the British. The Iroquois side. were the Adetta. Oneida. 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 I'm not sure how that. We're going to totally butcher, and we apologize. Sorry. Um, we just don't know. And and the Mohawks didn't you say as a whole, they were not. It, it was it was certain groups within. Right, right. He talks about how their their nation spanned the continent, and there were multiple nations, and that's, not just one. You know, if and, you know anything about Native culture, you know that's bullshit. And the the creature they name, um, oh, what did they call him? Rokinrontias. Is a complete, total, made up nothing they that word in and of itself it just sounds really cool and it's really fucking long and it's got a apostrophe yeah there's an apostrophe in it you want to smell it for for the listeners it is r-o apostrophe k-e-n-h-r-o-n-t-y-e-s i love how it has yes right there at the end and and thank god for closed captioning because we both watch it with closed captioning and i at that point I was taking notes and I had to pause it because I was like, I know to look it up. I had I to like, pause I gotta, it and I got to write this down. I'm never going to remember it otherwise. And I've already said it once, and henceforth I will be referring to him as the demon or the Sandman. Sandman, for the rest of because the cast. it's just too hard to say. Because I've said it once and I probably butchered it, but you know, there it's, you go. Yeah, it's bad. And um, so this spirit supposedly punishes those who aren't good to others. So he's not. In fact, he is not the Sandman. No. Of, of, of lore. And I thought it was interesting that he's not just fucking with people just to fuck with them. No, he's going after the, the people who have screwed up. Yeah, so... Um, so, is he really evil? Well, I think he's... I think we find out, yes, in the context of this show. But it sounds more... Almost not righteous, but, you know, like, it's a purpose that yeah. this guy has. Yeah, it's he not has just, it's not, evil for evil's sake. Yeah. Yeah, like we've kind of seen with with death, though with the the witch from last. Yeah, so, she just Sorinda. wanted to fuck shit up. Yeah, she just really just wanted to screw things up. Yeah, uh, where this guy had a a mission. Yeah, and which I think was important to Abby's storyline. I think it was too that she needed to kind of understand. We had to get over this hump. Yeah, but we'll get there. It, ha- it had to be addressed. I'm getting ahead of us again. And um, so Ichabod, I, I do I do like this next bit with with Ichabod. He's uh, he's really incredulous that not a lot of Native Americans are left, which I did I did enjoy that because yes. you know he, it was a good reaction for him to have. It was, um, but then you know you couple it with the kind of comments he made that the Mohawk Nation, um, stre- or the, the Mohawk uh, tribe stretched across the nation, which we all know is not true. No, and the only I, you know just giving him the or the writers the as much credit as I could even like come up with was that the known nation at that point was a lot smaller. That's true. But he is referred so, to the continent. Yeah. How big was, did they even know how big the continent was? I don't no, know. It, it was bizarre. I'm not a history major. So, and he was. <laughs> he was. And he's lived it. So, um, but he, he wants to find a shaman. And apparently Abby knows a guy. By the way, shamans don't actually exist. <laughs> Just going to point that out. So it, at, at, <laughs> at all or, or in this uh, capacity? I'm or? trying to catch up with myself in my notes. Okay, so um, we we go to, and this is horrible, Gerona Motors, which... Which is just... Which is horrible because... It's horrible but hilarious at the same time. But it's really bad because, you know, we're, we're talking about Native culture and we know um, over the years how just wrong Americans have gotten it. And seeing this guy use something like Gerona Motors and a mohawk. He's perpetuating the stereotype himself. He is. And and I didn't like that. But the guy himself um, is this car salesman. And um, he doesn't believe them at first. But we did get a nice little, um, well, I'm calling it a Back to the Future reference. There were two, weren't there? There were three. There were three. There were three. Um, we heard uh, Mr. Sandman playing. Mr. Sandman. Which was played in uh, Back to the Future pretty yes. prominently. Yes, it was. Um, this guy makes reference to a DeLorean and time travel. 
See, I kind of thought the DeLorean and the time travel was like one reference. It's, it's two separate references. But you, okay, fine. You can, you can have it. And so I totally decided that this was this was on purpose and this was a total Back to the Future reference because I assume everybody on the writer staff is a nerd like me and they love them some Back to the Future. Right. So now that I've found what I was looking for about shamans, um, I did find an article that was written by someone who claims to be of the Mohawk descent, um, wrote an article about this particular episode and this person goes on to say uh, most native cultures including the mohawk don't have shamans a shaman is a particular kind of spiritual practitioner not any indigenous person who does magic okay so that's good to know and also kind of sad because lazy writing yes it's almost like they did almost no background well, well and i think i think they could have hired themselves a consultant and saved a lot of headache but the show's really young. That's true. But also... Google. I mean, Google is your friend, or... Uh, and, and, and I know this probably would have pissed people off in a different way. Make up a tribe. If you're just gonna just pull shit out of your ass... No, no, make up. Do they have to use the Mohawks? And that way you don't offend, you know, any, at least any the Mohawks, existing tribes. At least the Mohawks were, in fact, from that area. That's true. At least it wasn't like we the Anasazi, you know. So that's, that's... Or the Alabamos. Yeah. <laughs> or some, you that know. That would have been a stretch. Yeah. On any imagination. So, um, so they, they go to talk to this car salesman, and he just flat out doesn't believe them. And um, we get a nice little speech from Ichabod well, asking he, for help. And he thinks that they're making fun of him. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't blame him. No. It's probably not the first time. Probably not. And um, he takes them to this, like, it's like a workshop barn weird thing. Okay, hold thing. up. Yes. It looks, I'm, I'm assuming it's like a, it's a barn. But um, it's dim and it's smoky and it's hung with furs and blankets and oil lamps. And it's, it's like it gives the impression that what they're about to do is some kind of dark, evil magic thing and it's not yeah and then um and also want to point out that the actor they have here portraying this character Mm -hmm. is not even native american okay i looked him up his name is michael te T t-e-h uh he's from australia okay so good job not casting Mm -hmm. a native and uh i looked up his surname and it's of uh, asian background oh wow so we're not even on the same continent so they basically has, went for a guy that maybe visually looked like he passed. A little bit. No, he has blue eyes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I, when I did the rewatch, uh, which, no, his I, eyes are blue. Which is conceivable, you know, with uh, people Generations, being, sure. Yeah, but I, I, I think... They if, didn't, it's like they didn't even try. Yeah, they could, they could have easily cast a Native American actor. Uh, you look good. No, yeah. he didn't. Yeah. And so, once I realized that, he just didn't even look right. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, I just I think this. I think a lot of this was just lazy and kind of insulting, and uh, yeah. yeah. But and the article that you mentioned um, about this episode, we're going to link to it in yes, the show notes. Absolutely, it's, it's really it's really interesting, and it gets even more and more detailed. Um, it talks about uh, he mentions that we don't do powwows anymore, right? And Ichabod talks. Oh, those were my favorite. Uh, well, powwows weren't really done until like a hundred years after Ichabod's time. <laughs> Um, yeah, they took a lot of liberties. And this article, we'll link to it, um, sh- uh, explains, shoots down a lot of it, talks talks a lot about it, explains a lot better. And, uh, yeah, it's I thought it was an interesting read. There's just not a whole lot they did right It was this. just, but it goes on and on about, well, and it, it doesn't shoot down the show itself. The just person's the, not critical, just saying, okay, this is this, this is bad, this was good, this was bad. They're not saying, oh, this was terrible, how awful of them. It just wasn't Just accurate. very calmly explaining yeah. the differences. That's what I really liked about the article. Yeah. It wasn't just shouting into the internet. No. So that's good. Um, so, yeah, we'll link to that so you can read all about the wrongness that was this episode <laughs> so, in terms of imagery so and, and history. At least I didn't give him a Native American name. What was his name? Seamus Duncan. That seems rather odd. But it does show a it American potluck. Yeah, and it, at kind least of at least feel. it wasn't some kind of you know what I would consider a stereotypical lone wolf. Yeah, something that an American would go, oh, that's a native name because yeah. it sounds weird. You know, so may, they get like minimal points but then they get negative yeah, points for just, some of this other just, stuff the, the the thing just it goes back and forth um another thing i wanted to point out he says um seamus he says when they're trying to convince him my conscience is clear okay Ab, uh jenny says it earlier 
Really? My conscience is clear. I didn't catch on. I didn't that's catch the that. second time it was said. Well, and I think that's that's probably really interesting because Abby's clearly isn't. That's what I was going to point out, that it speaks back to the nature of the demon who goes after, or this the Sandman who goes after people who's been... Who, who are, have wronged who others. Who have wronged others. My conscience is clear. I was like, oh, they snuck it in there That's twice. interesting. Like, I don't have a thing to worry about from this guy, so... Because the, the Sandman only goes after the guilty. Yeah. So, That's yeah. interesting. So, um, we find out through Seamus that, that this Sandman taunts his victims first. And um, that there's this tea that is conveniently, conveniently. already brewed. Yes. And sitting in this happy little decanter, unstoppered. Yeah. And it looks like watered-down Gatorade. It's this electric, ice blue-looking <laughs> crap. I don't... Ugh. So this tea that will take her to the dream world where, where the same man can be defeated. And um, this I thought was really interesting because, you know, all the cartoons, uh, most, most kids' cartoons have that episode where somebody somehow gets into a video game. Yes. And if you die in the game, you die in real life. You and die it's this for big real. Thing. And that's kind of what happens in the dream. If Abby dies in the dream, she dies in real life. Yep. So um, she takes it, and then she just downs it like a shot. Yeah, and then Ichabod finds finds that little fun fact out, and he just grabs some too and just drinks it. And he's really super smug about it too. Oh, and he dissects it, and little jasmine, little cherry root. Yeah, hops. <laughs> and he, That's a direct quote, by the way. And Abby looks at him just like seriously. What the fuck? Yeah, and so. He seems, like, really on board with it until he finds out that they have to be stung by scorpions. Ven venom? 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 And I thought this was interesting because, the man, those scorpions look like some big desert fucking scorpions. I know. I was like, those do not look like the piddly scorpions that I, I would think would inhabit. The scorpions he happens to have conveniently in little jars off to the side. Well, you know, if you're a quote-unquote shaman, apparently you're just like the Walmart of, of native magic. I guess so. You know, you, you, you're prepared. So um, they find out that they have to get stung by the scorpion, and um, we get a shot of, and I was very happy about this, Sleepy Hollow, thank you for the equal opportunity ab shot. Yes. We got Abby and Ichabod. Yes. Um, and they were having to be strapped down for their own uh, their own protection. Yes. And um, we've, <laughs> we see this really, the, the way they get the scorpions to, uh, to sting them is they put, you know, they put the jars down on their stomachs, and um, presumably that's the reason why they're why their abs are exposed. I hey, I don't. I I was any fine excuse, with it. any excuse, it's good. And uh, they start tapping the these jars, and Ichabod's just and not happy. And strangely, there's a new person in the scene. I we don't know where this fourth fourth person came from. Uh, apparently, he was conveniently hiding behind the scorpions next to the tea. <laughs> Because he's, he's it's his shift at the shaman Walmart. Apparently so. When when you need a buddy to help you make scorpions sting people, you know he's your guy. <laughs> he doesn't say a word. We don't nope. know his name. Nope. We never actually saw his face. It was just kind of he's just over there. He's just there tapping on the jar. I yeah I don't know. So uh, so they wake up and it's it's dream time, but they're separated. And yes. I was I was sad to see that they were fully clothed. Yeah. Um, Darn it. And Abby right away gets a full face of demon sand. And her eyes go white. Mm -hmm. So here's what I'm picking up with the white eyes. Mm -hmm. And after re the rewatch, I realized that as soon as the victim mm -hmm. uh, hits the Sandman's world. Now, it wasn't when she went to sleep. It was when she entered his world, her eyes went white. Okay. Because shortly later, we see Ichabod. And as soon as he entered the world... His eyes went white. Okay, okay. So that's where I'm getting, that's so just, where the white eye comes from. just because they're dreaming doesn't mean they're in the demon's world yet. Right. It's like, almost like a REM sleep maybe kind of thing. I guess, yeah. So, so it's when they enter his world. Okay, yeah, because the, the, the sand in the eyes doesn't kill you yet. No, uh-uh, it just brings you into his his realm maybe, his, his okay. uh, plane of existence. Where he's in control. Choose your stereotypical term. Okay. So she gets this sand in her face, and she starts to try to shoot this guy, and of course it doesn't work. Um, and we see a that, lot, yeah, a lot. She tries to shoot him a lot, which I can't say I blame her. No, nah. uh, and we she's move, a cop. We that's true. And we move to Ichabod, who has this nice red door in uh, the middle of a forest. Yes, he does. I I tried to find some significance with the door. <laughs> Again, we're still not finding anything. The only thing I can figure is it's to enter her world. Um, the door's red. 
The door's red. So and I tried to do some looking red doors. Yeah, it's a uh, feng shuang shui. Feng shui? Feng shui thing. It means welcome. Okay, apparently he is welcome into her world. I'm cool with that. We'll go with it. It's all, all right. I got. Sure. <laughs> they just really tried to shut you down with the research I, on this episode. Nothing. Zero. Zip. Nada. <laughs> I was very sad. So uh, so he goes he goes through this door and... Um, you know, we go back to Abby, and she sees little Abby and little Jenny being interrogated after their disappearance. And um, this keeps coming up because you know, spoiler, it's important. Their, their reappearance after their disappearance. Yes, yes, when There's they're lots when they're found after. And um, Ichabod is moving down this hallway, and um, he sees oh, all yeah. these hanged bodies. He forgot sees, about that. Yeah, he sees Vega, and he sees um, Gillespie hang, hanging from you know the ceiling. And um, actual hangman nooses. Yeah, and yep. they speak to him without, without opening their mouths, which yep. you know it's a dream. So it's a dream. Yep. We go with it. And um, so he does finally make his way to Abby, and he stops her. But there's a third noose that's empty. Yes, yes, presumably for right. Abby. Yeah, we assume. And um, so he actually comes in time to stop Abby from getting poked with this death fingernail yeah, or whatever this like, guy is. Yeah, pokey out. And, man, yeah. I thought my nails were long, but he's got some... He's, like, slowly coming toward her with his death fingernails. I, yeah, I don't know what that is. It was dreamy-looking yeah. kind of... It, was, it felt very nightmarish. Yeah, and she, they was, did a real good she job. was frozen She in was place. frozen. Yeah. And, um... Which, you know, if you've ever had a really shitty dream that, you know, this happens Sleep paralysis, yeah, yeah. That does happen. Yeah. And uh, Ichabod shows up. Mm-hmm. And and he distracts the Sandman, mm-hmm. and uh, he says, "What is it?" He says, "Your sins are not mine to punish." Yeah, he says in his his demon language, and he throws some sand at him. And the reason why I want I wanted to point this out, uh, Ichabod goes down, and he he looks like he's choking. Mm-hmm. I read an article where Tom was uh, he was at, he was talking about that scene. He said that he was supposed to have had sand come out of his mouth. But they forgot to put it in in post production. That would have made it that much. That would have made oh. it more interesting because he's you know he's got his tongue. And he's uh, uh, he looks like yeah. he's choking, but you don't see anything. Yeah, that didn't make a lot of sense to me. <laughs> and it was a little weird. But but I I read that in an article uh, today. Okay. Ran, I don't know how I randomly came across it, but I'm in the middle of my research for this particular episode. Um, but yeah, he was there was supposed to be sand coming out of his mouth that makes more sense that to shut him up because he's you know he's like you're not my you're not my problem dude right right i'm not after you gosh quit Uh, trying to kill me but it was at that moment when abby realized it was ichabod that was in danger that she snaps out of it she did and she immediately like she fesses up to what happened right away right away and the longer she speaks um the uh the demon turns into glass which I think is really cool because sand, yeah, glass, yeah. I thought that was cool too, and also because um, I don't know if it was like, is that ice? Is that what is that? But sand, you can also glass. even look at it like she was being transparent for once. Oh, good one! Yeah. And then she breaks it. Symbolism, yeah. And she takes a chair and just, she takes a chair and she pulls. She a, broke him. She pulls a wrestler move and she just breaks him. <laughs> and um, and they they wake up and you know, yay, yay, they saved. And, um, no more scorpions. No more scorpions. And so we go back to the archives where they're having some bonding time. And I, I really like these scenes. They they played the, uh, I'm so tired, I'm being silly. Yeah. They played that well, which I could see that the actors would actually be that tired. Yeah. But they pulled it off well. And because, you know, it was nighttime at Gillespie's house. By the time they make it to Seamus, it's day It's again. daytime again, yeah. So she's been up for... A full day at least. And you know he's been up with her every minute. Right. So, you know, I could I could totally buy that I'm at the punchy stage of sleep deprivation and everything is kind of funny. Oh, yeah. So um so they have some bonding time and Frank finds them in the archives and he just gives them why this is he look there? like the fuck are you two doing here? And why is he there? Mm-hmm. Why is he in the archives? He just kinda shows up just to catch them there? That's that's a good question. I didn't consider that until now. I I don't know. Gosh, Frank, what are your motivations here? He assume he knows everything he knows. Maybe he was asking around, and and Wendy told him where they were. I don't know. Could be. Could very. We're Wendy's say spilling secrets. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna say that's what happened. We'll go with it. And um, I like here that Ichabod admits to the property destruction from the from the previous episode. Just d- totally he's offers like, it up. I broke. A I wall. broke a wall, and he seems so embarrassed. I broke a wall. <laughs> I'm sorry. And Frank's like, whatever. I don't care. And um. 
I'll you know get, I'll get you a key <laughs> and, it's cool and he says that they can use the archives as a base because I'm sure he doesn't want them sitting in the squad room you know spouting off all this crazy stuff all this weird stuff yeah and Abby makes a good point that we're still on the premises but we're out of the way right and he's like agreed right and um so you know Frank doesn't want any details about what happened uh, he just wants to know that, you know, they're done, and they tell him it's done, and he's happy camper. And again, we have Irving, who is just so terribly accepting mm-hmm. of this weird stuff. He's he's in a good bit of denial, too. Yes, he is. Like, he's seen a lot of this stuff with his own eyes. Granted, he hasn't seen as much as the audience or as Abby and Ichabod have, but he's seen a, a good deal. So he recognizes that there's some stuff he doesn't understand going on, but he doesn't really want to know about it but he wants to keep the blinders on yeah right but he wants to stop what he can right you know he's still he's still thinking about it like a cop so frank's an interesting guy but he is in basically in command of this police station the sheriff's department we it it, don't even know what it is anymore yeah Uh, i don't know how captain versus sheriff works yeah because it was the sheriff that died so who's the new sheriff yeah i don't i don't understand i I don't know is he some kind i guess he's they're investigating sheriff corbin's death still or something yeah and they weren't really clear with how he came to sleepy hall in the first place no it's it's really convoluted and whole hush hush and mystery so but at this point i just i kind of want to go with it more about frank because I, I really like frank i do like frank so um so they have some more bonding time after frank leaves and abby tries to thank ichabod um he says you're welcome before she has a chance to <laughs> and um i noticed that she smiles a lot around him she does and and i really like she's that. getting a lot more comfortable around him yeah so um they agree that you know they need to see jenny and which I think was a big step forward for Abby. Um, I think it. I think it did her a lot of good to admit that, even though it was to a demon. Um, well, and you know. So they decided they're going to go see Jenny. Uh, but the problem is, Jenny has escaped. Demons make good therapists, apparently. Apparently, they do. Ask Crowley. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but um, you know, so the nurse, the nurse that escorts Abby, um, past you know, the, she's going to take her to Jenny's room, which they they mentioned that it's after visitor visiting hours. So I don't know. Why are they letting her in? Is it the badge? Did she pull a badge? I don't know if she pulled a badge, but clearly she's family too. So I I don't know what would have led them to let her in. Yeah, it's usually even family members aren't allowed in past visits because they're very, very, they run a very tight ship in wards like that. Especially with that particular one being not just a mental institution, but it's... um, It's a detention facility. It's a detention facility. So it's not just people who are having issues but people who are criminally yeah having issues yeah so yeah and I don't it's know. night again and it's night again so abby still hasn't gone to sleep no um so the nurse runs away when she finds out that jenny's not in this in this room and um abby of course she switches immediately she in investigation like, mode we've got electrical locks it's watched all day long she's like, blah, yeah whatever blah, blah, blah. and she finds out that um jenny escaped through the ceiling which was pretty cool. Which is, she is good. And she goes, she she admits that Jenny is good. Yes. And, and that's the last we see the episode. Credits. So I really like the Jenny bits, and I really like the the kind of Abby coming to terms with her, her past and everything. It's a lot of character development in one episode. It but is. But it was very necessary. And so maybe that's why, like, we didn't go for what I would consider, like, a really heavy big bad that had a, that had a lot of um, mythology of his own because we had a lot to do with Abby, so they kept that part a little light. I still don't like the the liberties that they took with some of the native imagery and tribes. No. And I, I think, I thank God, that was shoddy research. Because, I mean, if you came up with this stuff, and it's not like you researched this for days. You know, you no. came up with this stuff pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, I just feel like, gosh, you know, you hire a consultant or, you know, you Google search. Hire an intern to do some research for you, for Christ's sake. Yeah. I, so that part did not sit well with me because no, I thought that, that it's felt lazy, like lazy. lazy, lazy writing. But yeah. they did they did really well. They they do know Abby. They do know Ichabod. They do know Jenny. They, they wrote the characters themselves really well. But you need a more fully felt out story yeah in my opinion yeah and i kind of got the sense also um as badly as it was done i was like okay we're not just gonna pull from judeo-christian stuff here right we're we're well this is this was our first taste of something that wasn't tied explicitly to the um end the of Reve- days. book of revelations yeah. Right, yeah. right it was still obviously a part of 
you know, this bigger story because Katrina right. Katrina made mention last episode that there was going to be all this evil trying to come through. Yeah, so, setting up the monster of the week. Yeah, so but story. it wasn't but it wasn't an overtly Judeo Christian. Um, no, and that that was villain, a, which I was fine with that, but give it some basis in something. Yeah, don't yeah. just make shit up. I mean, yeah. make shit up because it's a freaking story and it's Sleepy Hollow and has nothing to do with the original story, but um, something. Yeah, but I kind of did like that that Ichabod had some ties to, however wrong the ties might have been, <laughs> uh, he had some ties to to this um, from his past. So yes. I think this kind of sets some of the tone of that because we see that we see that with later episodes where um, he knows things. He knows things because yeah, he the lived beginning through of this stuff, right? And so I, I do like I do that. like that perspective. I really do find that I interesting. Because I, I am a history nerd, and I think that stuff's really interesting. As wrong as he is, yes. <laughs> so um, I guess the moral of the story, kids, is don't just make shit up about native culture because and don't it's quote just wrong and don't quote from the show. Yeah, it's not right. Yeah, they they are building their own mythology, and that's fine. They're building their own canon. I'm okay with that. Um. But don't try to go to your friends and, and try and correct your, your friends who are Native American and yeah. tell them about their own culture. It's, yeah. no, this it's yeah. Hollywood. That's wrong. Don't do that, kids. Do your research. That's right. Um, so uh, we'll, have, we'll have the link to that really, really interesting article in the show notes. It's a great article. Um, we'll have some of the other stuff that you... You know, yeah, tenuously the, found. Right. I'll 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 provide any of the links that I used for my research. Listeners, we'd love to hear from you about this episode or really anything. Uh, you can email us at randomtpodcasts at gmail.com. You can message us on Tumblr at randomtpodcasts, or you can tweet at us at randomtcasts. And honestly, if it's anything like really important or it's a lot of feedback, I would say go ahead and email us rather than chance Tumblr's messaging system. And if you don't want to remember all of that, our website at randomtpodcast.com has all of our contact information. And if you follow us on Twitter, you can get notifications as to when all of our casts are released. And um, the website also has links to our casts on iTunes and SoundCloud. And um, while you're listening, if you would like to subscribe or rate or leave us feedback or like or thumbs up or high five or whatever the hell the site allows, um, we would really, really appreciate it. Um, and if there's a site or an app that you'd like us to post to that we're not already on, just let us know and we'll definitely look into it. Be sure to send us your show theories, ask us about upcoming casts, or please suggest a movie you'd like for us to talk about. We want to hear from you. So um, anything else before we before we close out? No, I'm good. All right. Thank you for listening, guys. Thanks.